You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome. Welcome to Welcome Guys, to guys like, like Musicals. <laughs> Here we are for another week of Quarantine Podcast. This quarantine is podcast. remote episode number two. It has now officially been two weeks since the Broadway shutdown. So an actor is saying his lines and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Lots of craziness happening, literally, while we were interviewing Alex Boniello, who is our guest this week. Yes. Uh, it was announced that the Tony Awards are postponed. Yes. Which I think we all saw coming. It was just kind of a question of when and, and you know, who knows what will happen and, with that. And it's, yeah, and as of right now, it's saying that uh, it's indefinite and they haven't announced the new date yet, um, which totally makes sense. Um, yeah. We're trying to keep everyone health, healthy and, and separated. Yeah. And a lot of the shows, uh, you know, just can't really get back. Uh, it's an interesting yeah. time, man. You know, there's a we've got some there's some Broadway stars who have COVID nineteen. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that just for a second before we get into Alex's interview, we, I'd, yeah. I'd love to talk with you about what you're doing to stay positive and and healthy right now. I mean, we've we've texted and talked, uh, you know, every day, but um, you know, I think that, that that that's really helpful for people um and also to know that hey, you know, a lot of your fam- favorite Broadway stars are uh, have have this horrible horrible virus and and uh you know, I think that that should should provide actually just a little less anxiety that like hey, if you get it, you know, it's okay. Stay stay home take your Tylenol, <laughs> st- yeah. sit in a steam bath. It like, should, like it, it should, it should make it know? like, uh, hopefully it should make you a little bit more calm, but also yeah, make it seem taboo. a little bit more real that this yeah. is something that is affecting people our age and is not something to be taken yeah. lightly. And the faster that we kind of separate ourselves and hunker down and really commit to being by ourselves, the faster we can get Broadway back and kind of continue exactly with the world whoever would have thought when we started this show almost a year ago that this is where we would yeah. be in nine months it's pretty crazy um nothing like totally. this has ever happened ever right so, ever so we're in yeah. uncharted territory i have been um working hard man i i'm not somebody who relaxes from doing nothing i can't say i've been exercising as much as i probably would like to i would like to go kind of go out on I'm grateful enough to have this patio that we've talked about on episodes. I wish I were going out yeah. there to do burpees, but I'm not. I'm I'm sitting <laughs> in my okay. computer and you know, I'm actually I've made my second YouTube video and I'm just trying to like get some content there kind of out really because it's something too. that I can do that I can make. I'm trying to yeah. Julie's giving me some time during the day for me to sing so that I can keep practicing and so I'm I've got like a little selfie set set up with my camera in vertical mode so that I can just kind of throw that on when I'm practicing. And if I like anything I do, I'm kind of forcing myself to put it out on the internet because I don't really have a lot of that stuff out. Love it. Like nobody's really ever heard me sing on the internet. So I'm trying to create that content. I'm going to probably like build my website. And I'm also trying to get everything I've ever made as a filmmaker into an Instagram account. Um, at, At Pinecrest Creative is the name of my video business and so i'm trying to kind of actually get everything posted on that as well so i'm just trying to trying to keep the wheels going because my acting career is on hold as it is for all of us because you know even things i'm i've self-taped now for a couple things that i have quote-unquote callbacks for but the callbacks are on hold because the show is being delayed and there's all that stuff Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I mean, I, I love to hear all of that and it sounds, you sound good, you know, like, like your voice sounds good. And we, we just, uh, we had a really nice chat with Alex Boniello. Um, we just got off the, the, the zoom call with him and you look good. So I'm, I'm glad that you're healthy. I appreciate you. What um, are you doing to stay sane? Well, honestly, uh, I'm trying to trying to stay a little creative. Yesterday, yesterday, the day before, um, my wife Alex and I uh, made a little video for Instagram, which we never do, um, uh, playing playing guitar and singing a little bit, just because we needed to do something creative. But that was the kind of the biggest. That was huge for both of us because we don't do a lot of that, um, and it's very nerve wracking. I think for both of us to to put ourselves out there in social media and and but so it was, it was so like, beautiful you, you know we gotta we gotta try oh, and be nice that. to ourselves and and exactly realize and that's that like it's it not was, for us it's not necessarily even right. for our colleagues 
Right. Right. And I got a lot of really nice messages about yeah. it, um, which was really sweet. So, so that was the biggest thing, but honestly, man, I'm trying to just get through the day. Like I, this has been hard. This just blows all over, right? It sucks yeah. for everybody. And so I think some days you can be a little creative and some days I'm waking up, I'm having a cup of coffee. I'm talking to my mom. I'm talking to my wife. I might go for a walk with the dog and then it's happy hour and then it's dinner and then it's bedtime. And I got through day number nine of this, this shutdown, you know? And I right. think that, that that is all fine. And like some days are okay. Some days are really hard. And like Laura Bonatti just tweeted this morning, you know, she's like, I'm angry at everybody. And I, you know, today is the hardest day yet. You know, mm-hmm. what is everybody doing to stay, ha- stay healthy mm-hmm. and happy? And I think that that's important that like, if you're having a shitty day, try to be good to the people around you, but know that it it's totally okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to remember that just getting through the day is something worth celebrating, something worth cheersing. Um, and, sure. uh, you know, and one thing that we are doing and our, our nightly ritual has been uh, ripping through some old movies, um, some classic movies. Awesome. And, and, and so we're doing that uh, in the evenings, which has been great. Last night we watched Goldfinger, uh, nice. the Bond movie, which is horribly misogynistic, but really, <laughs> it's like, it's really, you know, it's good James Bond, but it's like, you know, okay, Sean Connery, we don't need to be sn- smacking women in the ass anymore. It is sure. 1960, whatever, I, I get it. Sure. But um, but we watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. We watched Thelma and Louise. We've been ripping through some really cool awesome. movies. Um, uh, and so that's been really great. Yeah, last night we watched this movie called uh, The Money Pit with Tom Hanks. It's Absolutely. about it's about this couple that buys the worst house ever because Julie <laughs> and I are now like on a mortgage. We're on a a house buying kick. We're like maybe they'll let us put a three percent down on a house and we can just get out of the city. And so we watched right, that movie. But right, right. We've been doing the same thing with the shows and the movies. We watched Tiger King, which was amazing, and we watched Ooh. all. Of, you should watch Tiger King, dude. If you haven't Tiger heard King, about Tiger King, y'all, you got to watch Tiger King. Talk about one of the craziest reality shows I've seen in a minute. It's actually a documentary. It's like a docu series, but. Uh, it's about this guy who runs a big cat zoo. Um, also, I just wanted to mention, if you guys aren't aware of Letterboxd, um, it's an app. And on Letterboxd, they have all of these. You can create an account, and on that account, you can track what movies you've seen and how you rate them. And it also has on oh, there like fun. these lists. So I'm looking right now at Edgar Wright, who's a famous director. Edgar Wright's 100 Favorite Comedies. And it's a list of a hundred movies. So, like, if you if you are like Joe and you're kind of finding solace in watching this content, which is a great use of your time as an actor, is watching old yeah. films and stuff, then then Letterbox is a good thing for you to check out. I really love that. I'm going to do that right now. Um, let's get right to uh, this interview with Alex Boniello. Um, This was fantastic. He is an excellent talker. Um, yeah. uh, and <laughs> this was a really fun interview cause he just, we prompted him occasionally, but he really just let it rip and, and had a lot of awesome, insightful, fun things to say. Um, obviously you know him from Dear Evan Hansen and the Spring Awakening revival. Uh, but, uh, you probably don't know, or maybe you do because we talk about a lot that Dan and Alex worked together on the non-equity national tour of American Idiot, which is sort of famous in all of our households, uh, you know, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it was an amazing. So we got to talk about that. Um, and I've always looked up to him as a, as a musician. He's one of the best guitar players. Um, he, he could make a career just as a guitar player. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Um, he could have been and, like a studio musician for sure. Exactly. And yeah. so I've always looked up to him as a musician. It was great to talk to him about that. We included most of his credits. Uh, he did that American idiot national tour. He, was featured in that one night only concert with 21 Chump Street alongside Lindsay Mendez and Anthony Ramos and Lynn Manuel. Uh, then he did Brooklyn Night off Broadway. He made his Broadway debut in Spring Awakening as the voice of Moritz. And then the one thing that we didn't talk about was his stint in that Cruel Intentional, Cruel Intentions musical off Broadway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where he played yeah. Blaine, which, you know, obviously he's now gone on to play Connor for two years and won a, um, was nominated for a, Broadway.com Audience Choice Award his favorite replacement for that and then in the same year wins a co-producing Tony for uh, Hadestown which is pretty Not amazing. Not a big deal. So um, <laughs> yeah this is a great interview. Alex is a really good guy. He's one of these people who really like knows who he is and knows what makes him different from other people he always has and he also and I, I know I'm this guy always on this show but I love the way he plays the social media game. 
He's one of those people who will, he will respond to every comment and every DM. So if you want to ever reach out to Alex and you have questions for him, I'm sure he would appreciate that, as would we. And uh, let's, let's jump into yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Alex Boniello, here we go. So maybe I should be some kind of laundry line Hang the things on me And I will swing them dry okay. you just That's really annoying But Yeah, you do Because I'm the one who pays for the Nintendo Like online account That's so fucking dumb Nintendo, you're dumb. She's she's trying to let uh, Will Roland and, and Steph Wessels into our town so that we can trade fruit. But, uh, <laughs> that so I guess we just heard uh, how you're 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 coping with some of the uh, the quarantine. <laughs> Sounds like there's some say, Nintendo happening. You're you're you'd I'd be coping with a lot of it. This <laughs> is how this is going. We uh, the game came out on um, let's see Friday, and what's lovely here is that we made one town for our Switch. She can do her things. I can do my things. We can do them at the same time. You know, we've been running errands together, which will mean that, like, I'll go and chop the wood from the tree, and then she'll follow behind and pick all the wood up so it, like, doubles the speed with which we could be collecting wood. You know, the so FOMO right. I have from not playing this game is so strong. Like, I have no context <laughs> for what you're talking about. And yeah. I have to decide right now whether I'm going to be an early adopter, like I was for TikTok, not a big deal, or if I'm going to be a late adopter, like all the rest of y'all who are four months late to now being on TikTok. Although you were pretty early, Alex, but it's so funny yeah, to see I, people. You don't really do it. I can't. I can't do it, man. I I I go on it and I like do it, and then I'm like, I don't. It's. I guess. I guess for like this is sort of relevant to the conversation where we're going to have soon, but I feel like for like Twitter and Instagram, like that comes kind of naturally. And I like understand the ways with which to in, like to communicate myself sure. to like be yourself and engage with it. And I just don't TikTok is like a thing where I feel like in order to, in order for it to like click the way that it clicks with the audience on TikTok, I have to like not do what feels natural to me. Do you know what I mean? Cause there's such yeah. like a weird, yeah, there's like a language to it that's like not human in some weird way. I understand. <laughs> and for those of you who aren't on TikTok, who maybe are feeling the same way Alex is feeling, what I can tell is that as long as you tell the story in the way that fuels the algorithm, meaning you're trying to engage people to watch your full video, that's all you right. have to do. All the dancing, all the, you know... <laughs> showing right. your body and all the other things that <laughs> yeah. is kind of part of the platform that's just because of the audience that's there but as the platform scales all you're gonna have to do is get people to try and watch through the duration of your content just like you would on youtube that's basically how yeah. you win and so it's it's yeah. i know how you win quoting uh <laughs> gary <laughs> yeah i just uh yeah i don't like I don't, I don't disagree with you. Like, I know that you're objectively right, especially when I, I just watch people like, I don't know, succeed on the thing. But also at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to, I, I, I recognize the, like the objective power in it and like why, what's, what you can gain from it and get from it. But I like, I don't know. I see, I see people dedicating like large amounts of their day to like making sure that the, the, their feed looks a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. I know that um, um, all of our friend Jim Hogan and Liam Finnegan, these guys who have you know kind of popped on TikTok by doing these singing videos. I go to Jim's page and I see that like all sort all of the videos of them singing have to be in the middle of the feed, right? And then the two sides of the feed have to be like other kinds of videos, and it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of work that I like yeah. just seem to not be interested in doing. Yeah, and if that's that's the thing that I always come back to is like if it's not actually going to serve you, then you don't have to do White it. Name. And you maybe right. shouldn't. Right. Well, that, that's cool, one question then, yeah. that I always get into with, with guests at some point is the good and bad of social media. And I think Alex, yeah. it's, a good, it's a decent transition to the fact that you're great at it. I find that like your Thank you. social media voice is, you know, especially on Twitter and Instagram is so like authentic and fresh, you know, so you can, you can kind of know that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a <laughs> yes, stupid yes, I thing know to it. say. I, I know. <laughs> You're fine. I'm just making fun of you. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. I mean, is that something that came, that comes naturally to you or do you feel like you work at it? 
Yeah, no, I think I think that it does. Just because I I found um, I found that in you know in my time doing this over over the time of which I don't know I, I figured out how to do it around the same time I figured out what works in like an interview or something like that. Um, because I just found there are so many people out there who are like so damn good at like giving an interview, but like I watch the whole interview and I don't have any sense of who they actually are, or what they're about. They've like really charmingly memorized a soundbite or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and they're really good at it and it, it works and it'll, it'll, um, I don't know, like finger quotes, it'll like sell, it'll do what, what they want it to right. do. But I've sort of found that if I just like you know, talk the way, talk, if I talk the way that I would normally talk in an interview mm-hmm. or something that it works out in a way that I'm like, all right, this is the kind of, I don't know, this is the kind of person that I want to project to the world, which is just who I actually am. And I feel like that translates, um, most of the way into, into having to use Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, there's, again, there's nothing wrong either with like being that like very, like, I don't know, squeaky clean, really good at giving an interview person. And sometimes your company wants you to be that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I've just, I've gotten feedback from like producers on shows that I've worked on that they like really like when I'm just in it, who I am. You know, they're like, right. We get, we get feedback all the time from people who, you know, so it, it's worked, it's worked for me. I, I, I think it is a natural thing. I certainly think um, there's work that some people have to do if it doesn't come naturally to make sure that they're, I don't know. I, I have to make sure I don't curse. Like that's the one thing I have to make sure I do because I curse pretty <laughs> freely in my life. And sometimes I'll be like, I probably shouldn't say the F word if I'm on, you know, insert. Yeah. We don't care. National, national television show. <laughs> For like, the record, yeah. you can curse on this show, but I understand if you're like on good morning yes. America, you don't want to say the F <laughs> yes. word. I get it. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. kind of amazing how the brain too will, will, just filter filter that shit out like you'll be like i'm not supposed to do it here so i'm it's not going to happen right it's interesting right really interesting uh i think we're in a really interesting time right now where we i know joe's always had reservations about social media and i have too and frankly i'm not the best at it i'm not definitely not as good as you are you've been you've been engaging with the platforms very effectively since we were first worked together on american idiot Mm -hmm. i remember that you were it was just like clearly a fast track for you because you understood that it wasn't necessarily just about uh, you succeeding. It was about like you connecting with people. And I think it's really cool what you guys have done with Broadway Jackbox and um, starting that kind of like internet show that you and and, um, Feldman and and Will Rowland started together. How did that come about? And and where's it where's it headed <laughs> yeah sure yeah i mean i'll i'll go back really quick because i also want to say you brought up something that was interesting that you said you quickly noticed that i saw something there it's what's funny about that is um i, I think it kind of came because um i don't know a lot of people are a lot better than me you know what i mean or, or they're a lot more like hireable than me you mean like from a talent um, point like a skill set wise yeah. Like as an I do, actor, yeah, I, I I do, yeah. I mean, it's not that it's not that I think I'm like, it's not that I think I'm limited. I know what my limits are, but like, I recognized pretty quickly that like, I recognized pretty quickly that like, there just are going to be people who are better singers than me. Sure, and no matter how no matter how much I work at it, I'm really good at a certain thing. And even though I know that, like, yeah, if you put like I don't know if you put certain like Sondheim scores in, in front of me or something, I'll do really well singing them. Sure. But I quickly realized that people were not especially interested in um, me for that kind of stuff. Right. Um, you had like the self-awareness is, is, to see that. Uh, yeah. So I just was like, well, what can I do to like make people want to work with me and want to hire me? And again, I think it just came down to uh, being very, very authentically myself, um, you know, my, my girlfriend, April, one of the things that has stuck through to my head that she said about me is that, that she's everything she's says she's ever seen me. And she's always impressed by that. I'm very authentically myself, which I think is the, it's the, it's the only thing you could, it's the only thing you can do. I mean, 
again, it, 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 what else can I do if not that? So I feel like it, um, it's, it's why I've had the success that I've had. And it, maybe it's off putting sometimes to a team. If I like walk in a room and I'm bringing something that's so authentically myself, like I know for a fact, uh, some, some teams have said, it seemed like you really didn't care about the job. So they didn't, they, they didn't engage with you. And, and huh. I was like, I actually, I, I actually really cared about that job, but I was just kind of just showing you that this is what I'm going to bring. I'm just going right. to bring me joking around with you right. and, and trying to make something good into a room. And sometimes that might read as not like super polished or put together, which, you know, I'm like, Oh shit, I should know. It's good for me to know that sometimes that happens, but sure. Um, you know, but anyway, uh, so that there's a reason I said that now moving on to the probably Jackbox thing, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I don't know if he'll listen to this. Maybe he will if, when it comes out and I like tweet about it or something. Sure. But Andrew, we're talking about Andrew, uh, Barth Feldman, yep. who's the, the kid I did, uh, Dear Evan Hansen with for my second year in the show. He played Evan Hansen. He's the kid who won the Jimmy award. Uh, so a lot of people know him from that. How he got snatched right out of high school, uh, right during high school to play the role. And I was he, one of his uh, teachers at Broadway workshop. Is that right? Crazy, yeah. Like just for like a couple of different like workshops, he he was so unreal. And then you know, flash forward a couple of months, and all of a sudden, Facebook is like, he is actually Evan Hansen. I was like, wait a minute, this is the kid who was like, he was he was in Broadway Workshop like two months ago. What the heck happened? It's it's one of those things. I mean, he's it's one of those things for him. I think where uh, the perfect like. The yeah. perfect circumstances lined up yep. just exactly correctly for that to happen and work out. Um, but anyway, he he's I I've joked with him a couple times because he's just this because he's 17 years old and because of I think the way that his um career has gone, if he has an idea, he says it. Yeah. And he says it with such conviction and passion and he's still excited which is like really contagious because you know we're older we're not like you know we're not like yeah. in our 60s or something but like yeah. <laughs> we've we've been told no a lot more times right yeah totally. so to see him have still have the passion for things and have it not go away i kind of i've joked with him and found them like all he needs is someone to just like take that insane amount of energy he has and just like run it through a funnel so that it knows where it's going yeah so he texted me the, you know, right after this whole, uh, you know, COVID-19 and coronavirus situation kind of happened, he was like, Hey, people are really bummed out about this. What if we streamed us playing Jackbox? Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's this like fun trivia kind of game. Uh, he's like, what if, what if we stream that and, uh, get some other random Broadway people we will play, we'll tweet about it. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. You know, he comes up with this plan at noon he we we together figure out how to stream it effectively and easily. At 3 p.m. he tweets about it, and at 4 p.m. every theater publication picks it up that it's happening because he's he played Evan Hansen. You know what I mean? Right. So they so they wow. do it, and it gets picked up, and we have like thousands of people watching it. So after it was over, I was like, "Listen, Andrew, we should probably figure out how to monetize this in some way to help out some sort of organization if we're gonna if we're gonna keep doing this." Uh, also because again, with him being 17, he has like a endless amount of energy to have fun. Like he will, he would, he would do this for 15 straight hours and have no problem with it. And I was like, if I'm going to keep doing this with you, I need something good. I need something good to come of it. Um, so we just kind of talked about it. We, you know, I reached out to the actors fund. Uh, I'm, you know, we, I had him make a one sheet so that if we're pitching to talent that we're like friends of friends of, that we yeah, can right. show them because people are like, what the hell is Jackbox? What am I signing up for? We're like, Jackbox is this, the money will be raised for this. This is why we're doing this. And it's, uh, it's been something we've been doing twice a week throughout this entire outbreak. And it's, uh, it's been fun and it's been surprising to see people keep, people keep donating. Every time I, uh, start the, the thing, I'm like, all right, today's, this is the day. This is the end. We, you know, this is the day we're going to make like 20 bucks over the, over the two hours. But like every, every day, it's really, really, really cool. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those moments where, you know, we're all kind of like in this place where we don't, you know, and Joe and I were talking before the episode, like what, what do we do? We feel like helpless and scared. And I think one of the best ways to kind of get around that is to try and figure out how you can be of service in some way. And it's cool to see that you guys were smart enough instead of just like leveraging your, your audience for, 
furthering your audience, you leveraged your audience for a good cause. And I think that that's really like, a, you know, I, I admire that about you guys. Thank yeah. you. I really, I, I, I want to give him more of, well, uh, we'll take, I'll take equal credit because it definitely was his, <laughs> it definitely was his idea, but yeah. it was definitely my idea to turn it into, kind of turn it into what it, um, what it, in it, like what it actually is now. So it's been, it's been fun. And this whole, this whole thing is weird. Like I've, I've spoken to a bunch of people about it. Um, you know, also, also with my girlfriend, April, who's also an actor and she's a producer with me. And we, we talk about like how we have no choice, like there is literally nothing we can be doing right now, which is so antithetical to what, like, I don't know what this, what this industry like beats into your head is that like, if you're not working all the time, you could be, and you could be doing something to, you could be doing something to, right. to further something or other. And yeah. like we as a, as an industry and a planet, frankly, are in this spot right now where it's like, you've got nothing to do, but like hang out right now and make sure people stay safe and if you're gonna sit in your house for 12 hours and if you write a song awesome but if you don't awesome like yeah you know what i mean <laughs> what can you what can you really do like right. auditions that might be coming in for self-tapes like half of them are canceling before you even make the tape because right. they're you know they're they're realizing what's happening and so it's it's this it's this interesting time of just accepting that it's okay to uh stop for a minute because it's it's what we as human beings need to do for each other right now it's 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 kind yeah. of it's well, fascinating well and that's what we we've talked a lot about um dan and i because you know you, we i feel like uh, we were just talking about it before the, the episode we we started into this 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 cancellation and the outbreak like okay we're gonna we're gonna write and we're gonna create and we're gonna right. do all this stuff and then you know two weeks you know in for us or whatever it's like i actually i just need to get out of bed in the morning uh -huh. And then I need to go to bed at night and I got to figure out kind of how to, how to just get from one place to another. And some days are better than others. And some days you get to yeah. we're like, yes, we get to talk to Alex Boniello on our podcast. How exciting. Yeah, and other days it's like, it's like, I just put on a robe and I ate three meals and I tried not to look at the news and that's all I did yeah. today. And that is, that has to be fine because like you said, like mother nature and cult every, is telling us to chill out. Yeah. 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 I want to go back if we can, uh, yep. because now we could talk about some fun stuff. Um, cool. I yeah. just yeah. wanted to launch into, um, the American idiot story yeah. because I know that that's how you guys met. Yep. And mm -hmm. it was, it well, was actually, it was, we actually met before that. If Dan, Dan, do you, do you remember, uh, I went, I saw Dan in a community theater production of the wedding singer in like 2000, like 10, cause I was dating a girl in, on, in Rhode oh Island. Oh my I God. Believe, that's I was right. Dating a girl who was in it. Yeah. He was Glenn. He was great. Actually. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great part for Dan. Brittany Santoro. Yeah. That's totally yeah. true. I forgot yeah. that connection because like, yeah. you know, we've now known each other for 10 years and I'd call yeah. you a friend and that was a whole different I'm, association, but it was very, I mean, it was very brief. I literally came to right. and saw it over, over a summer in between like what must've been freshman, sophomore freshman, year, freshman and sophomore yeah. year of college. But anyway, yes. Uh, American idiot. Yeah. We, Dan and I, Oh no. Did I do something wrong? Are you there? Yeah. Hey, you can there. you hear us? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. You're fine. I clicked something anyway. Um, yeah, we, we both, we did the, the non-equity, it technically was the third national tour, but I, in my brain, I'm like, it was the second leg of the second national tour. Right. I mean, it never, right. it's like it's closed, right. but it, uh, yeah, I talk about that job all the time for so many, so many reasons. The, the first of which being that like, r rarely do I like give myself permission to be that like you know, like old grizzard, grizzled character actor in the corner with a cigarette being like, you kids don't understand. <laughs> but like, it really was, we did like, I, you know, I, I will listen to people like, you know, I did, I, I just did a show with a bunch of people under 21 years old. And like, you know, they, they're, they are rightfully tired, right? They're like at the end of an HO week to be like, man, like I'm really feeling it this week. I'm really tired. And of like, of course, Yes, they are tired and I get it. Right. But like, there's this one part of my like lizard brain in the back mm -hmm. that goes like, but did you do eight shows this week in a different city, waking up at three in the morning every day, sleeping on the floor of the bus and driving eight hours into the next city? Because we did. We did. And, and like in blizzards, show, like in blizzards. And that show was fucking impossible. Like it was so hard. There was nobody in that show who wasn't like 
dying at the end of it. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just recently... A 90-minute uh, sprint. Just one of the oh, hardest yeah. musicals ever made. I know. I, I just recently did something uh, that I'll, I'll talk to you guys when we stop recording. I was in a room with uh, Stephen Hoggett, the guy who choreographed American Idiot for two weeks. And at the end of it, we were chatting about it. And he said to me, he's like, you know, I never even considered that show touring. He's like, I right. didn't even think when I was making that show, I didn't even think that that was a thing that would ever happen. And then when I heard you guys were doing it, like <laughs> the way you were doing it, he's like, it, it was, he's like, he was like, that's not okay. I shouldn't, <laughs> you should never have been doing that. But, uh, we did for like, like under, I don't even remember what, I think I was getting paid like $600 a week or something like that. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. It's I mean, not, it's not, and that was on the high end. Easy. I think there were some people who were not making that. Yeah. Cause I covered more than one role. Right. right. I don't you know, like the like, standard on something. Anyway, it, it wasn't for money. Yes. It was for the exposure. And what's no, amazing about that job, I think, which is so cool. And I think I may have talked about this on the show before, so bear with me, but Jim Carnahan has stopped me multiple times to talk to me about the, that, that cast. He's like that tour, those two years of that non-act tour was basically the best non-act tour. I think that there's ever been. <laughs> Because there's just so many of us who keep, you know, who are still around doing it. Keep and some of up. my best friends. Yeah, I think I think that really was a it was a special crew of uh it was it was definitely a special crew of just like performers in general. But I think that's part of I, th I think part of the reason that he might feel that way is because that show um it it kind of thrived on young energy, yeah. right? Like so it, it wasn't like one of those again, not that there's anything wrong with these, but it wasn't like a non-equity tour where you've got a bunch of like 22 year olds playing like 50 year olds exactly. in some like period, yep. in some period drama. You had like people in their early twenties playing characters in their early twenties, like in a green day musical stomping around the country. Like, yeah, of course it was the right, like yeah. vibe. And I always think about how good we were too, in terms of um, like, yeah, people like, drank and stuff but like no one excessively like partied in a way that really was like bad the show never really people, suffered no yeah. like it was good the whole time like if anybody if anybody drank or something it was like mostly responsibly in a hotel room and right. like do you know what i mean you yeah. know what i mean like, well, like I, you, I you were so playing rock stars it's that thing where like you're playing rock <laughs> yeah. stars you can't you can't act like rock stars because you know like right. bruce bruce springsteen is vegan and is in the gym six days right. a week you know <laughs> right. like like you guys had to me sustain. and bruce have that in common yeah <laughs> <laughs> actually bo both of those things the gym thing for some reason is producing no results but we're, we're doing great <laughs> i'm kidding I'm, I'm doing all right but he I'm is okay. vegan so yeah excellent yeah. i didn't know that that makes me like him even more yeah alex is also vegan um yes. so then i remember after um you know you did a bunch of things in after american idiot you you did that yeah. um god what was that it was it bam i saw you 20 21 chump 21 street. chump street and and yep. yeah. and then i want to get on to spring awakening too but um sure. how did all that come about for you you know i think you were sitting with me at, we were like out to like i don't know we were out to one of our like lunches before a show or something like that. And I fully just got an email out of nowhere that said, uh, that said this like 15 minute long Lin-Manuel Miranda musical, like, do you have interest in this? And at that time in my, um, at that, that time in my career, I got an email that says, do you have interest in it? And you're like, well, fuck you. Why are you asking me if I have interest? Right. right. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> what I, a stupid yeah, question. No. Um, yeah. And, and I thought it was, do you have interest in, in like making a tape or auditioning for it or something? And I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, do a hotel, tape we'll figure it out whatever right. and then after i said yeah i'm interested it just turned into this it, it was just an offer like a half hour later it was the strangest thing that i didn't understand um and it was just because michael mayer who was our the director of american idiot who didn't really work with us at all yeah um but but he cat he hired us and saw the show i guess for whatever reason when he came to see the show he saw me in my ensemble track and he just I don't know. It was like, yeah, let's put Alex in this. So I, I, I really, I really have no, I've, I should talk to him about it one day, but knowing him, he won't remember at all why he right. did, but right. he, 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 yeah, that was, that was really all it was. And then pretty much like, it was like the week after. Yeah. It was super fast. The idiot. Yeah. It was only one week. It was, um, Michael Mayer directed it. Lin-Manuel wrote it. Uh, it's crazy to think who was in the cast now. Yeah. Anthony um, it's unreal. It was, it was Anthony Ramos who, this was like his first public gig because Lynn knew him because they'd been doing the Hamilton workshops. 
but you know, he was like, Hey, I know the guy who's perfect to play this part. So he just had Anthony do it. Uh, and I still maintain to this day, Anthony is the only person I've ever met in my life who the moment I met them in my head, I said, holy shit, this person's going to be so famous. And you told me that. <laughs> you told me that after yeah. the show. Instantly. Instantly. I was like, oh, this dude is like, he has everything that you need to have. Right. But also Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Mendez. Mendez and Lynn was in it himself. And then in the like Greek chorus of teenagers, it was me, Gerard Canonico, and actually Antoine, who did American Idiot with right. us, who's been doing Book of Mormon for like ever for four he years or something be, he must be holding a record or something at this point yeah he was probably gonna but, buy a mansion in connecticut or something when he's done <laughs> oh, oh yeah he's gonna come back and he's gonna make us all look like jerks but um yeah it, it was it was a week long it was awesome it was really fun um and it was one of the, it was just one of those things where i've i found that um I, I feel like this is true for most people who are lucky enough to keep working but i've kind of found that um my work has like begotten more work kind of more yeah. than any other career that I've personally know. I have, I don't know. I've worked quite a bit and I've, I think I've like booked like two jobs in like the old fashioned way of like just walking into a room and auditioning. Cause again, I don't, I don't actually think I'm very good at it. So I think the only, the only <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's actually, that's Daisy an unbelievable it. thing that I, I don't think, I think if that people need to know, that that it happens to people because you always you always hear that like you know oh you know i don't have to audition anymore or like you know i get these offers or whatever but but knowing that it happens to someone is always so inspiring to me yeah, at least, to be like yeah you just keep working and hopefully you're a good person and your work is good and people want to keep working with you i would definitely say though the funny the funny part of that is it's i i, I get to experience both sides of it very strongly because like every once in a while I'll get an email and someone will be like, Hey, we're doing this thing. Can you do it? Do you want to do it? And I'll be like, Oh, awesome. But then most of the time it's me auditioning and not even getting like even barely close to getting the job. Even, like, <laughs> right, right. I find that I, I find that I either like get the job or like I like pre-screen and that's the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, what I sense is that it goes back to what the first thing you said about being yourself, yeah. because, because you're so yourself, you go into a room and people will know right away whether or not you're right for something as opposed to someone true. who's kind of wishy-washy and they're like, oh, maybe this person might work for this, maybe. Right. You're kind of like, that's, that's why you're getting offers for things too because they're like, oh, Alex, oh, we need a guy who's perfect who can play the shit out of the guitar and is Moritz. That's Alex Boniello. Like, you'd be the first person I would think of for that. You know what I mean? Sure. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's nicer to think about it. That It's hard to remember. It's, it's hard to remember uh, that 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 that's how it goes and it's a good thing and yeah. whatever. But it, yeah. um, yeah, I've also been told, uh, rather hilariously by people that like, they know for a fact I've been called in for auditions more than once to be the, like when a team is like, ah, we're seeing all these guys. I want someone interest, like different. Yeah, I want to yeah. see someone like whatever. And <laughs> I've, I've been told by people who will of course not be named. They have told me that I have been brought in the room to show the team that they don't want me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, wow. They've like, I've been brought in the room. I have been brought in the room to show the team like, no, you want one of those three guys you've wanted all along. Stop saying you want the alternative choice because this is the alternative choice and you don't want it. Right. And it's like, and it's, it's happened to me more than once. I can, I, I'll tell you guys off, off recording yeah. if you want to know at least one of them, but it's, um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to think that that happens, especially cause I don't think I'm that like, I don't think I'm that like outside the box, but maybe, I don't know. But I mean, no, like I compared I to certain people, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was I just going to say, so. you're not that controversial, you know? No, no, no it's not <laughs> like I'm like some fucking like guy who like walks in an audition room and like kicks over the trash can and says like, we doing this or no? Right, like, right, yeah, right, right, like, right. That's not so, what happens. Right. Like, but whatever. God, I love it. Um, okay, so that, uh, that kind of leads into that you did that Spring Awakening revival, which I yeah. remember when you were auditioning for, um, because Jared Stein was working on it. And this is another instance right. where you knew somebody who was involved and they were like, well, this yeah. guy's perfect. Well, this one, it gets even weirder than that too, because when we were, when we were on tour with American Idiot, uh, Jared Stein, who is our music supervisor of, um, American Idiot, he had like, I don't remember if he told us all about it or if we saw the breakdown go out and we started asking him about it. I really can't remember which came sure, first, but, sure. um, you know, they were, it was, it was a breakdown for the 
what the production was, the Deaf West production, where they were like, hey, like, it's going to be a mix of hearing and deaf actors. Some of the hearing actors will be also the instrumentalists in the show. Here are how the roles are broken down. So, like, Venla will be a deaf actress playing Venla and voice of Venla and guitar. And then Moritz mm-hmm. will be the same thing. And, you know, it was broken down like that. And I remember seeing voice of Moritz and guitar, and I was like, oh, I have to see what's going on here. So I emailed Jared. And I asked him about it and he said, look, man, you can absolutely make a tape if you want. But like, I feel the need to tell you that it's in LA. It's like a $100 a week, like whatever that like small theater LA um, thing. Yeah. It was like the yeah, 99 it, CD agreement or something. Yeah. It's like a hundred dollars yeah. a week. He's like, so like, I feel like you should, if, unless you are comfortable with that information, don't make a tape. It's fine. And I was like, oh, like I, I can't like you know, even though I was just starting out, my life was still pretty squarely rooted in like New York because my family's from New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's not like I'm going to be able to go to LA and like afford an apartment. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll let it go, whatever. And, um, I remember the reviews came out a couple months later of it and it was like so well reviewed. And I was like, oh man, they got it. They, they figured it out. That's really cool. And then, um, I was on my way to a cater to a catering shift through the company that Dan got me set up with. Actually, <laughs> I was on my way to a catering shift, and I got an Instagram DM from, uh, or not Instagram DM. I don't even think Instagram DM'd at that time. Right. I don't think it was in Facebook there. Facebook message uh, it or was something. A Twitter. It was a Twitter. No, it was a Twitter. It was uh, a Twitter, Twitter DM, DM from um, from Andy Miantis, who you know we all we all know. Yeah. You guys are alumni of the school he went to as well. Um, he it was literally just a message that said like hey what are you doing from these months like we're we're looking for availability on on this thing and i said oh what is it and he said it was that and i was like oh shit it's like coming back around that's amazing um but the reason he knew because he had no reason to know me but the reason he knew me was again going back to what we were talking about after after american idiot i did that brooklynite thing with uh or not Brooklyn Night, sorry, we're going to get there. I did the <laughs> 21 Chump Street thing with Michael Mayer. And then he had an off-Broadway show called Brooklyn Night where he lost a cast member for the extension, the two-week extension, because they had to get married. So because Michael knew me, he was like, will you just come in and learn this track for, for two weeks? I'm so sorry. Like, he's like, that's all I can give you. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Because of that, I said yes to that. I met Matt Doyle, who was the lead of... Brooklynite, who gave my name to Andy when Andy said, do you know anybody who would be right for this? Nice. And that's how wow. it worked. And then, and then I said yes to Andy that I was like, that's, this sounds like the coolest thing ever because, you know, Spring Awakening was the show that made me want to act. Morris was the role that made me want to act. And I was like, and I have been playing guitar since I was 11 years old. So this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and then it, I thought I was going to have to audition. It literally turned into a, a Skype with Michael Arden, who directed it, and Jared Stein, who we were talking about, he was he was like, "Hey, can you just? I, I'm sorry, can you just pick up a guitar and just like play a song for me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I did. Would you play? Ended the, uh, I I played "Don't Do Sadness" because he asked for it. He's like, Sweet. "Do you know it?" And I was like, "Yeah, um, <laughs> yes." And I, I was yes. like, "Yeah, I, I do know it." Um, Alex so Alex I, could I also like for the record for those who don't know, which hopefully most of you do, like he could pretty much pick up a guitar and play anything. Like he. A lot of it. A lot of a things. Lot. Not everything, but a lot. But <laughs> yeah, so that, that happened and I hung up the call. I like put my little um, my little silver vest on to go to this catering shift. And from the time <laughs> it took me from the time it took me to walk from yes. my apartment to the subway, which was a block away, Michael just said sent an email, said like we really want you to do this, like we'll be in touch in the next couple of days. And then out of nowhere I'm flying out to LA. I do it in LA. We think it's just gonna be a nice, really cool regional theater job. And then the difference kind of came around when, you know, a lot of these kids were LA theater kids or they were like deaf actors who this was their first, like, you know, mainstream theater show. So there was a lot of, um, yeah, there's just a lot of like young and newness around. But I remember looking out into the audience of a few of those performances and like recognizing like big Broadway producers and recognizing casting directors. And I was just like, you know, I would pull Andy aside and I say, do you know something that we don't know? And he said, maybe. And then, yeah, like, yeah, right. you know, the, the show, the show closed and, and it was alluded to that we might be getting called again. And then like, I, it was like two weeks later, they called us and said, like, we're going to transfer. We're taking pretty much everybody, everybody over from the LA production. It's going to open in September. I was like, so it went from being like a regional theater job to like a Broadway debut within like 
it was like three months. It was, it happened really, really, really fast. Cause they, I guess they had, they found a theater that was available and they just like leapt on it right away. Cause it, you know, and that was that. God, and it was so such a good cool. production. It was such a it, good it was, show yeah. at the St. You know, James, it's the right? One, it's the, well, it's, it's, it was not the St. James. It was, uh, the Brooks. Oh, it was the Brooks. Duh. Yeah. I, I just, um, it's like the one job I've ever done that if people compliment, like, I go, yeah, right. It was so good. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, right. like, I, I don't like feel like, oh, thank you. I go, right. Like, yeah. how'd they do that? Like, I don't, I don't know how they pulled it off. Cause oh, it, was, it was so good. It was a lot of, a lot of hard work from a lot of really unbelievably talented people who frankly, their work doesn't get to be seen all that right. much. So it was, it was really, really a fucking cool thing to be a part of. There's something really that, was magical about the representation in that show and the way in which it was threaded. And it was one of the reasons that I decided I was obsessed with Michael Arden and his work and basically the dude's <laughs> yeah. goals for me. Like I've never wanted anything more than a crossover career where you get to be a performer, <laughs> performer in TV and film and Broadway first, but then to also be able to direct and direct at that level and be nominated for multiple Tonys. The end of yeah. the show when you guys all walked off into the the green pasture, I mean, I, I yeah. was hysterical. It's really, <laughs> he's he's really good. And you know what I, I always think is so cool about him is he, um, he just keeps getting better too, which yeah. is like really, really crazy. Like I thought, um, you know, I think Spring Awakening was, it was unbelievable and it was um, the work that he and everyone around him did was so good. But then it was like when I saw Once on this Island, the next Broadway show he he directed, mm -hmm. when I saw that, I was like, look at how he's taken every, I mean, like this is, I guess, an experience only people who like worked with him on the process kind of saw more obviously, but like to be able to see how he worked and how he was learning as a director. Cause that was his like first major director credit was spring awakening. Wow. That was to what see, I was going to gonna ask, see, like what yeah. that was like. And if there was a, if there was, you know, if he had any comments on that, even afterwards, like as you guys were working on it, like, you know, can you believe I got here kind of, you know no, what I mean? <laughs> no, he's, he's not like that. I no, mean, if he yeah. feels like that, if he feels like that, he keeps it quiet or saves it for like, saves it for times when like as many people as possible are not listening. So, of course. You know, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. And then you, you know, again, you see once on the island, you're like, look at all the stuff he's like learned or the stuff that he's like refined. And it's just like all the cool stuff that like he was working on and ideas he had, like he did something else with and, or like found something we maybe talked about in spring awakening that couldn't work for that show that like, I saw in once on this island and stuff like that. So it's, it's really exciting to mm. see that. And also cause he's young as hell. So it's, it's, right. it's cool that we'll have him for a while. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. I had one question that kind of going back to the, the spring awakening thing that I've always, yeah. you know, wanted to ask you. And it just, as, as far as our friendship is concerned, like the guitar for you really seems like like a third arm in a way and you know or yeah. like this this part of you almost like my mom used to say that my guitar was like my friend like my best friend <laughs> you know when i get home from school or whatever what when did you start playing and what has that you know sort of music outlet brought to you both in a musical theater sense but also just in a personal sense sure i mean i started playing when i was um i i want to say I, i'm almost positive it was my 12th birthday I'm almost positive. I just, you know, I listen, yeah. I was, I wasn't acting at all at that point. I was listening to like bands and stuff and like Blink-182 because my brother would have given me those CDs. He's nine years older than me. So I just asked my parents, I was like, please, can, can this be my birthday gift? Just get me a guitar or whatever. And I don't think they thought I was going to stick with it in any way, but I very much did. Um, and you know, as far as, as the career stuff is concerned, I don't think, I don't think I'd have one, frankly, <laughs> uh, if I, if I wasn't, a guitarist because I just don't think, you know, like I said before, I don't think, um, hmm. I just don't think I'm as, I don't think I'm as viable as a, a commodity. If I'm going to be gross, <laughs> I don't think I'm as, I'm as hireable. I don't think I'm as like desirable if that's not part of the, part of the package, I think, because I think, um, at the risk of sounding like a dick, a lot of, a lot of actors play guitar, but not a lot of actors play guitar. Right. You know what I right, mean? Like, right. right. Like they ask oh. me to come in and play guitar and I'm like giving you 
my best like, representation like, of some it. chorus. Yeah, you know. yeah. 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 He'll, but then he'll there's do, like virtual time of your life. He'll do time of your life <laughs> by green day at the end of this, at the, at yeah. the end of the yeah. show. But, and look, it's, I think it's awesome that, um, so many shows want that, frankly, I mean, yeah. they want it. Uh, I'm glad that they want it, uh, because again, it creates opportunities for me and for other people, but I, th- uh, who are instrumentalists or whatever, but I think, um, I just think I really, really firmly believe it to have been my way in for more, for more reasons than one. I think I'm the kind of singer I am because of how I started with guitar before I ever started singing. I think I'm the kind of performer I am. I think we talked about that, like we talked about that authenticity or whatever. And I think that comes from me having done something artistic probably before acting because I, you know, I was in bands and stuff like that. And I, I, that's what I studied. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like people in bands. So I studied those kind of people and then like, then learned what acting was about. And then, you know, of course in college had that whole crisis of self where I was like, I have to become this kind of theater performer. And then like the second I got out of college had that same realization. I was like, or I can combine all the cool stuff I learned in college with the performer I naturally want to mm-hmm. be. And then you know, and that's where you but are then, today. Yeah, that's awesome. Then, that's a great. That's is. a great sound, but yeah, yeah. But it all. But it also. I. I. You know. I think that's also part of the reason why. Um, I'm sorry if I'm jumping a little bit here, but why getting Dear Evan Hansen meant a lot to me because um, that's actually. I, I think what I was just going to say is that yeah. you're not giving yourself enough credit because you've now solidified yourself as a Broadway star, having gotten this role in Dear well, Evan Hansen. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. A Broadway star thank without you. a guitar. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Well, you know. It, and what's what's funny about that is I just I I I still maintain that there's so much about me as a performer that made that m- made me attractive to them for that part again because of that kind of just like energy that I bring to sure, it right like even even if I'm not playing my guitar in the show you know that role well we certainly want to feel like he does do right. you, yeah, do you yeah totally I mean? definitely like, listen to punk and yes, yes. yeah, yeah. It, you know i've a lot of the a lot of the challenges that um i don't want to say challenges but a, a lot of well no it's 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 a challenge i mean that that i think that they have found that role harder to find and cast than they maybe thought yeah just because of of it's such a <laughs> forgive this, but it's such a fucking vibe. Right. Like there's such, (laughs) there's such a, there's such a, whatever that like unquantifiable thing is about that part that I guess just not as many like musical theater performers have. Um, you know, Mike who originated the role brought his whole own like thing to it. I brought a totally different thing to it. And I think that they're finding, they're finding that by high, they're, they're just like looking for a vibe that, that, you know, and that, again, that was my way into that part. And then, you know, I played it for two years. So I like really, it felt really good to get to just act and, yeah. and not, you know, not, not worry that I'm only there. Cause I was the one who played guitar the best. Totally. Totally. Right. Totally. And I, I can relate to that a lot. I mean, I feel like when I, I stopped out, you know, when I stopped auditioning for actor musician shows almost primarily, I didn't know what to do with my hands. It was yeah. like, you, you know, you always had like this excellent, this prop to use. Yeah. You know? It really helps. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, even if you don't know what you're doing, if you're holding one, you look cooler. So it's <laughs> like, you have to figure out how to, you have to figure out how to be cool without it. Exactly. Um, so you did, you know, we'll wrap up here in a second, but you did, you just completed this two year run in Dear Evan Hansen. Can you talk to any of the things you may have done to try and keep yourself sane doing a show for that long? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the first thing is I think I'd never lost, I never lost my appreciation for the job. I think there were times where I definitely was like frustrated with certain things or I was you know, something, I don't know, some part of the job might've frustrated me or I'm like, I just wanted a day off or something. But I think it really, that, that, um, that job was never this, how important that job was to me as a human being was never really lost on me because again, you know, every job I had before that, like spring awakening was a limited run. And like my gigs in between spring awakening were 
pretty few, you know, it's one of those things where it might seem like I was working like crazy, but like, if you really look at a calendar year, I really wasn't. Right. And it like, I think that comes down to the specificity of me that we were talking about, but it like, I just, that's all good. (laughs) I just, I just never, I just never stopped being appreciative for what that job was providing me and like my loved ones and my student loans and my, Mm -hmm. you know, like there were so many things that, that, that job was, um, important to me for and also like just the nature of what that show was and reminding myself that like I don't I don't know if even there were some days where you're like I just don't want to go out there and like scream at people and I don't want to go out there and be like this like sad miserable cloud of a person but like it's just one of those things where you um you remind yourself what the show does for people. And if you can't remind yourself when you go out and do the stage door after and you see, you know, some kid from Milwaukee thanking you for your performance because they saw something in themselves in that character, whatever, like that was the stuff that right. really yeah. kept it, really kept it going. And also, frankly, the role's on stage for 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> right. you know, sure. I've, done, I've done, I've done, it is, it is, I always joke yeah. that I earned it because every other like professional gig I've ever had, I was on stage uh, either the whole show or like I would walk off stage and pick up a guitar and throw headphones on and play and then walk back out on stage. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I was very appreciative for the time off stage. That's awesome. I, I had this joke um, about that stuff where it's like you either want all the responsibility or like as little as possible. Yeah, the you know, in between is what's really hard. <laughs> in between is hard mm-hmm. when you can't sit backstage and and read a book for you know twenty minutes. Like yeah, that's when it really that's when it gets hard. I I <laughs> that's a very good. I've never I've never put it that way, but that really is because with if the whole show's on your back, you're like you're moving from A to B to C, and you're kind of just like on a th- you're on like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't have to think; you just do it. Yeah. But there were, I mean, I, I like to talk about the challenges of how much you're off stage too it, with Dear Evan Hansen, because it was like, you know, the nature of what that role is and how he, he comes back after like long periods away. The thing about it is like, you don't realize this until you realize it, but when you're off stage, all they're doing is talking about you. Right. And like huh, right. your, your face is like projected on a wall, like 40 feet big. And you, so like the audience has been like waiting f- to see you again. Yeah. So this weird thing happens where when you come back out, every, se- every scene in the show is important, but like those scenes are like these like goalposts for the person playing Evan. Right. That every time he has a scene with Connor, the whole thing like either ramps up or like turns. It's, yeah. So y- you as the actor have to like, if you just walk out on stage, you're just like, oh man, he is in a way different place than he was when I saw him 20 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like sometimes you'll like walk out and sit down and he, you know, the last time you saw him, he was like, okay. And then the next time you see him, he turns around and the light hits his face and you realize he's been sobbing for 15 straight minutes. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I need to, I need to be present for my scene partner and make sure he gets what he needs. Like, yeah. so it's a, it's a really, it was a really interesting challenge. Yeah. All right. We got two questions that we always ask. Okay. I just spit on my microphone. (laughs) We have two questions that we always ask. The first one uh, is mine and the second one is Joe's. Uh, My question is, what would your advice be for teenage Alex? Ooh. Oh, man. I've, I've got a lot. I mean, I do have a lot. I probably, I'll make it two things. I would tell myself to just get into serious voice lessons sooner. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to make your life. It would just have made my life easier because I didn't really start taking actual voice lessons until college, which like that's not late in the scheme of your life, but like I just was playing so much catch up and I still am in terms of just like actual technical skill. Yeah. If that, you know, uh, I'd also tell myself to go to the fucking gym (laughs) because the amount of seriously, the, the, uh, the amount of, um, work, the amount of work that like I only started very seriously working out like a little over a year ago and like the amount of work it takes to like get your body to make anything happen for your body in terms of like endurance or in terms of whatever, it just takes so much longer. Yeah. And if I, I know people who like haven't lifted a weight since they were like 17, but because they did it when they were in high school, they still like look amazing and have this crazy metabolism. So I like would have told myself to 
do that because it's just going to make your life easier. I really like that. And that's actually interesting because sometimes we ask that question and people are like, you know, I tell myself to relax. I tell myself to like, don't be so hard on myself. And you're like, actually, here are two action items yeah. <laughs> that, that, that a young Alex Boniello or a young person out there listening. Yeah. Uh, I love well, that. Well, I mean, I think, about the, I think about the gym thing a lot because I, I like, just, just I, th- I think about how hard how like how actually hard it is and how much like I used to be that person who would see like a jacked person show up at an audition and I'm like they're gonna get this job just because they're jacked and like blah 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 and I sit there and I'm like now I'm like yeah maybe but they worked really really hard for a long time Mm -hmm. to look like that Mm -hmm. right so while while you were getting good at guitar or taking a voice lesson or something that person prioritized something else and it worked and they they worked their ass off for it right so I, I think it would just change my perspective on long-term hard work as well. I love that. I love that. And then my, my question is, um, I call it my, you know, our unreachable star question, which is now like, what's, what's on the horizon? What are you kind of like, you know, where's the ship pointed towards now? You've accomplished so much already, you know, leads on Broadway, you know, you put down the guitar and, and didn't have to play guitar on stage, which I'm sure was a, a creative goal. Um, but you know, what do you, what do you see like, you know, down the way where, what are you kind of focused on now artistically and work-wise? Yeah, it's a, it's a few things. I mean, there are three, there are three very like tangible things that I know that I, that I'm interested in doing. Um, the first one, which is the one that's going to come the soonest is I, I've been writing music and I just have been having it recorded and everything like that. It was totally supposed to have been out by now at the time we're recording this, which is the end of March, but <laughs> truly with like the COVID-19 stuff, like, me and the producer and the engineer like are uncomfortable getting in a room together at the recording studio. Right. So we're like, it's just paused, yeah. which is frustrating. Yeah. But I really want, I really want that to be finished because I really want to be able to be the person who has that stuff out there. If you find me through the music, then you can look at me th- from the acting stuff. Or if you find me through the acting stuff, then you can find the music that has been that's something I've really wanted for a while and I'm glad that I finally spent the time to do it. So I just want to finish it and have it be there for people to yes. be able to find. Uh, anyway, next one was, um, I want, if, if theater comes up again, I really just desperately want to originate something. Um, because I, I like half did it with spring awakening because it was like a reinvention of the role or whatever. Um, but I just, I really, want that experience of like something in a role being so unmistakably because I was like the person in the room to put it there. I just want to know what it's like. Um, and all the like exciting stuff that comes along with it, like getting to make the album and getting to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. I just really want to be able to check it off. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, just be on camera more, um, for so many reasons, but you know, I would love to buy a house one day. <laughs> I'd love to, like, I would love to. Uh, I I have wanted to do it for a while. It's what I I had some success in before theater happened, and then it kind of felt like once theater happened, I wasn't on camera for a while. So I would just love to be able to make make it happen in some way because there's so much of it. There's so much of it out there that I'm like, come on, there's gotta, there's gotta, gotta be something some, for me, something right? for me on some sh- on some streaming platform. Absolutely, somewhere. I feel that way all the time. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, there's yeah. you see these articles about uh, you know ten thousand new scripted series on no. Crackle and and Apple TV. You're like, just give me one. I, don't, I just need yeah. one. And your I know. And your great second cousin's uncle is the first person to tell you, yeah. well, it's a really busy time for streaming, isn't it? You should get on television. Yeah. It's true. You're like, you yeah, like, that's I'll, great. I'll, I'll, I should. Yeah, you're I'm, right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. I have one more. I have one more. I know it's yeah. annoying. No, it's not. Um, I want to. Um, I want to produce something again. My girlfriend and I, we are producers on Hades Town, and I really wanted to. I want to find the show that feels like the right next one for us to try mm-hmm. because we we learned a lot doing that, and about like what it takes to like raise money for a show and to be like a like professional fan of a show yeah. in like for a weird way. So I would love to, I would love, you know, the whole reason we did it was because we wanted to be able to be people who can like help see work that doesn't get to get made, get made. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I, I feel, I feel like in order for that to happen, we have to kind of 
do it again and then again and then again and then maybe someone will take us seriously in terms of and like hopefully pick one that will know. be a major 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 success and that's how you can kind of continue that that journey that that's right yeah. so we'll see yeah totally totally man hell yeah that's amazing that's amazing. And we didn't even get into the Hades Town producing stuff. I know. And that's a Which is like Joe's bread and butter too. It's literally my, I wanted, I've, I've pulled you aside to like two or three different parties now and been like, hey, <laughs> yeah. so can we talk about this please? I know. Uh, and I got I you know. on my podcast and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So I guess let's true. talk about we'll it another a, time. <laughs> do a second episode. Well, you guys can have a Zoom beer privately and you can, and we can talk it out. Um, Lord, we're gonna we're gonna cancel these recordings and pause this, and then I want to hear about what your job was with Stephen Hoggett. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> oh, Sorry, okay. fans. Alex, thank you so much. Sure. Man. Thanks, Alex. Of course. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. I'm Dan Tracy. That's at Dan underscore Tracy on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Joe Carroll. That's Joe underscore Carroll M I C H because I'm from the state of Michigan and I went to Michigan on Instagram and Twitter. You can reach us at Musical Guys on Twitter or at Guys Who Like Musicals on Instagram. And for the first time, we now have a phone number. You guys can text the guys who like musicals personally. Our number is 203-900-7990. We will eventually make a bad song that has those numbers in it. Two pound seven five three oh nine. <laughs> but for now, if you have any questions or if you want to be uh, involved in the interview process, maybe we'll make an option for you guys to ask questions to our guests as we're interviewing them. We shall see. Be part of our text community and shoot us a text now. Thanks for listening. Woo! Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.